Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to It Never Gets Old, a firsthand account of all things secondhand and sustainable. It is a new year. It's a new decade. It is the roaring 20s. <laughs> I am your host, Meredith Feynman, uh, and I am joined by my bestie in the Westie, Sarah Lane. Hello, Meredith, and happy 2022 you. How was your new year? Well, it's uh, <laughs> time We're of- two days into it now. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's really great. I have my flapper dress on, Gatsby parties only. Thrilled. Mm -hmm. Wanted to give a shout out to all of our new listeners. I am so tickled. I started this project um, because I love buying and selling secondhand clothing and I'm so interested in sustainable fashion. And I think it is going to be such a big year for used and sustainable, particularly as it pertains to, you know, what you're putting on your bod. Uh, and I wanted to do, an, you know, INGO resolutions. I mean, I don't know. How do you feel about resolutions in general, Sarah? You know, it's funny. Right before the new year, a friend of mine who I talked to maybe once a quarter, he and I are on the phone and he said, what's your resolution? And I was like, I don't have one. And he was like, oh, Sarah, come on. You know, it's, it's fun. And I, I honestly hadn't, I'd, I'm not averse to it. And I know some people are. I just honestly hadn't thought about it. So once I did start thinking about it, I was like, okay, yeah, there, there's some attainable goals that I can set and forth for myself. Not stuff that's like, okay, I'm not going to become a billionaire in 2020. That would be nice, but, you know, that's a, that's a goal I shouldn't set for myself. But certain things of maybe saving money um, or exercising more and, and, and stuff that's, that's very attainable, I'm into it. You know, listen, we all put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Uh, this episode of It Never Gets Old is, I think, meant to do some goal setting. I totally agree with you, Sarah, that it can be sort of this thing where you set yourself up for failure or, you know, what they say about, like, you know, gym memberships spike in January and then fall off in February. Uh, you know, you don't want to put too much pressure on yourself, but I did think it'd be fun since, you know, if we want to be really crunchy about it, some intention setting for this year, I shift my sort of ideas of what I want to accomplish in a year as goals versus resolutions. You know, I've had the same resolution every year that I failed at every year, which is to get up earlier. You are an early riser. I very much am not. And that's something I think I'm just going to give up in 2020. That's the funny thing about resolutions. There are certain ones that you you know you you want to achieve it, 
but maybe the consistency of you is just never going to. And so why set it up for yourself for failure? Because not everybody can get up early. You're right, Mara. I am an early riser. And sometimes I'm late to bed. And so it bites me in the ass the next day. But but uh, I would I would love to sleep in. That would be a resolution for me. Yeah, I mean, listen, a lot of this is just comparing ourselves to other people. So when we think about the grand scheme of as this relates to the podcast, as this relates to buying used, buying more sustainable fashion, selling your clothes, I just want you to think about it from the top, as in the top of the year. You know, a lot of times I will try to curb myself from shopping and say, I'm not shopping. You know, that doesn't work. It doesn't work. This is obviously something I love to do and consume so much so that, you know, I have a podcast about it. And so instead of saying, well, I'm not going to shop at all, like, let's figure out some attainable, sustainable uh, and affordable goals. It might be fun to just create a secondhand sustainable shopping goal for 2020. Something that I did in 2019 was I came up with this concept, this ridiculous concept, but uh, that I, in order to maybe curb my shopping a little bit, would do something that I call, quote unquote, a dry year. Dry really more means booze. I I guess uh, I'm a clothes hound, not a booze hound. But I did this thing where... Since I also sell so much, uh, I would take the money I sold every month and that's what I would have to spend on new stuff. I mean, new old stuff, obviously. Uh, And that that really worked well for me. I didn't stick to it 100 percent, but it did help me sort of have a budget and put some of that in place. Yeah. In fact, I think that's a great idea because it's sort of like, okay, I have this item. The item is worth whatever amount of money or whatever I end up getting for it is it almost is play money, really. It, I mean, it isn't. You could put it in an IRA or something. But it is, if you kind of use that as a cycle where you can still have fun and still have some cash on hand, but you're not dipping into money that you actually need for other things, it's perfect. Yeah, and I used to really just beat myself up about it a lot. Um, and if you love to shop, you love to shop. If you love to buy stuff, you love to buy stuff. One of the reasons why I started secondhand shopping a million years ago was that I have excessively expensive taste. Uh, My taste is so overwhelmingly expensive that I had to figure out a way to get things for less. And now it sort of spun out into this like so many years later. uh, And it makes me happy that I can contribute to a more sustainable means of production. But it's it's something to think about whether you want to, you know, set aside certain money every month or if you have trouble with budgeting like that like I do what I do genuinely is I will cash all the credit that I get like get it in cash and then when that cash is gone like that cash is gone uh, that has helped me some but just a, just a plain old you know goal and or resolution however you want to frame it might be honestly to just shop more secondhand this year it might just be like sarah do you think as a result of this podcast as a result of us doing this for however long like do you think you'll buy stuff and new stuff in 2020 uh well that is a very good question certainly there's going to be some new stuff that i buy this year but it's interesting you mentioned you had to figure out how to deal with expensive taste and getting things that you really enjoyed but not spending top dollar on them I don't really have that issue. I mean, I also have expensive taste, but I also have really cheap taste. But what I, my problem is more that I'm an impulse buyer. If I'm just in the right mood, 
you know, it's almost like a shopping addict where you get a high from just getting stuff. And I'm not buying stuff I don't need. I'm like, I need a doormat. I'm going to get a doormat. But I'm not like price comparing or anything. You know, I'm just like, I'll just get it really quick, really quick and get it over with. And I... I, that's always been an issue of mine because I just I'm just an impulse buyer. Even you know magazines at the checkout stand, like I'll buy magazines I don't want because they're there and I only have a few minutes. And but, but I don't know. I was hanging out with somebody the other day who's who's very much not in the consignment world and kind of talking about the podcast and it never gets old and 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 the whole ethos behind this project of ours. And I said, yeah, I just don't buy anything new anymore. And he was like, really? And I'm like, yeah, like, like literally everything I'm wearing right now is all secondhand. It's so easy. Woo-hoo! Like my, my, my impulse purchase, I can still do that. And again, you've got to keep that in check or you're going to get in trouble, right? There's only so much, you know, money is finite, but I feel so much better about stuff like that when I get, you know, the hunter boots I'm wearing right now. Cause it's been raining, you know, half price impulse purchase thought about it for two seconds, but I didn't buy them from hunter.com or whatever the website is, you know, where I would have in the past because I didn't realize I had other options. And that's what I want It Never Gets Old to show listeners. No matter where you are on the scale, I've gotten some great feedback that's like, I'm brand spanking new to this world. Oh my God, I didn't know it existed. Or I'm a fellow picker obsessive like you in 2020 thinking about buying used it's better for the environment you're only going to have more opportunities to do so which i will get into because every brand every major department store there's some new happenings that i'm going to highlight in this episode that are going to make buying secondhand sort of easier and better than ever i mean i one thing that i did in 2019 i think my most ridiculous secondhand escapade of 2019 was i was in palm springs And I didn't want to carry a pair of Golden Goose sneakers that I knew I didn't want anymore with me home. So I sold them while I was in Palm Springs and just handed the printed out Poshmark label to the front desk and was like, hey, do you mind just like throwing this in the mail? (laughs) Um, (laughs) So there's always new things to aspire to. So the first thing is buying. Like thinking about what you really want for the year, what you really want right now, and considering buying it secondhand. Of course, that's something we've talked about, something to just consider. You know, what do I really want this year? What are things I really want? I mean, people, there was such great feedback on our gifts episode. That's something that you can carry into the rest of your life. I mean, my family, we did, I'm Jewish. My sister-in-law is Catholic. We did like a blended, like, you know, Christmas tree latke situation. (laughs) Gifts for me, they were all secondhand. I got some secondhand Allison Lou Lucite hoops for my sister-in-law and mom. Uh, my brother got some sneakers. Uh, my dad got a fancy scarf. Uh, and that's something you can carry into, like, not just for yourself, but for the people around you. And there was an article in the New York Times that someone sent to me about how the new thing is secondhand gifting. So in 2020, we're gifting everything secondhand. <laughs> that's just what we're doing. I think that's great. I think that the the stigma, and I'm sure the stigma is alive and well for a lot of folks. And again, listen to more podcast episodes and maybe we'll change your mind. But it has it has plummeted from what even I would have thought 
at one point. Honestly, five years ago, Mare, if I would have been like, eh, secondhand gift, like, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, am I not good enough of your friend? I do not feel that way anymore. And I don't think anyone else should either. And it's great. It's honestly, I think people really care about sustainability. We don't need more stuff. The future of fashion is nothing new. I will scream it till I'm blue in the face. Um, and on that note, one other thing you can get really into, which I promise this series will come in 2020. I promise you, dear listener. Uh, also, I have to say that so I can hold myself accountable is I would like to do a series on renting fashion because that is a huge other piece of sustainable fashion uh, that will continue to explode uh, in these new roaring 20s. So what do I mean by that? You have Rent the Runway, which is the industry standard. If secondhand or different types of like sort of picking around, shopping around is too much for you, I always recommend uh, Rent the Runway Unlimited. It lets you rotate a certain number of items. It's great for professional clothes. But every brand is getting in on this and it's something to think about, like maybe another way to be more sustainable in 2020 is renting. I mean, a friend just sent me that even Vince, luxury brand Vince that makes those amazing sweaters and simple pieces is launching a renting platform. You can now rent several pieces from them. And I think it's only the tip of the renting iceberg. For me, I I don't know. I love owning stuff. I, I, I mean, I already address my closet as if everything is just passing through me and pseudo rented. But I'm just amazed all these luxury brands. I think it'll be a matter of time before like really luxury brands let you do this. I mean, Mm -hmm. way back in the day, Sarah, what was that site? Bag, borrow or steal that was on like, uh, I don't know, in the sex in the city movie. Yeah, the Jennifer Jennifer Hudson like was renting handbags. Anyway, everyone's just going to start renting everything. I'm convinced. You know, it's funny because I liken this to something like the way that people used to buy albums and now we all subscribe to music services. Now, not everybody does. You can still do it the old school way. You can collect vinyl. You do whatever you want to do. But I am one of those people who the fewer things that I own... Uh, the fewer things I have to put somewhere. I I don't actually want anything to stay with me unless I need it to. Uh, Renting stuff, particularly fancy stuff, because it is a a rare day that I got to get a ball gown on, you know, or go to a wedding or something where I've got to dress up in something that just isn't already hanging in my closet. But it happens. Renting that kind of thing is like the biggest load off for me than having to buy something and then figure out, okay, well, in the next five years before it goes like totally out of style because I spent 400 to $1,000 on this thing, where else do I wear it? Renting is perfect. Totally. And I think that it's just going to make up a huge part of sustainable fashion. Rent the Runway, which, you know, got, I think, a multi-billion dollar valuation. I mean, there are other players that are popping up when it comes to high-end dresses and such. For me, I was a very early adopter of Rent the Runway because it allowed me to wear things that I could certainly not afford or get my hands on. I remember maybe in like 2012 or 2013, they had a line of Perenza Schooler ready to wear and these dresses that were like, I still think about this collection. It was a really amazing collection. I think it was 2013. Um, And then they went the route of, you know, more prom, bridesmaid, which like makes more sense. That was a much more scalable option. But there are uh, startups like Nova Octo, Armarium, which do 
also focus on more like out there couture type things that you can rent. And that will all be outlined as I need to delve into it more too in in more on our rental economy. So luxury brands like Avince are introducing renting, but also luxury sellers are now incorporating resale into their into their department stores. I mean, back over the summer of last year, uh, I highlighted Bloomingdale's doing a like pop-up, you know, eco green shop, and some of that included secondhand clothing. But a friend of mine let me know that Fashion File, which is a big resale site, has pop-ups at three new Neiman Marcus locations, and she went to the Dallas one. Dallas has the flagship Neiman Marcus, and she sold two handbags right there on the spot inside of Neiman Marcus. Now, when I understand the concept of pop-ups. And they're really cool. And you see them more and more, particularly in metropolitan areas. How do you get Neiman Marcus to say, yeah, you can do this? Well, I have to check, but I'm pretty sure that Neiman Marcus purchased Fashion File. I see. Uh, Let me, I'm checking right now. (laughs) I can hear you Mm -hmm. typing. Everyone's catching on. So there's a note from the founder of Fashion File, which is a resale site I actually haven't used, but a lot of people love, saying, you know, everything we've been saying, which is the future of fashion is nothing new, and a luxury retailer like Neiman Marcus, which would rather, if you'd said to me five years ago that an iconic luxury brand like Neiman Marcus, luxury, luxury, high-end department store, would start having secondhand, I would never, ever have believed that. Well, and that just goes to show you how much the landscape has changed and how much the sustainability and resale value and not just getting stuff for cheap, but being able to keep the ecosystem going has changed in, in, in regular people's minds. Totally. So it never gets old, man. I have a friend who went up to the, went up to the counter and sold two or three Mansur, uh, Gavrielle bags, and they gave her a fair amount of cash from on the spot. They're, they're only doing it a couple locations. I think it's sort of a pilot program, but You know, something to think about in 2020. Another thing you can do at the top of the year is go through all your stuff. You don't have to wait through for spring cleaning. But if you do want to buy some stuff or you're thinking about your wardrobe for 2020, I think it might be time to start selling. That's what I really want listeners to do in 2020 is actually start selling their wardrobes. Sarah, do you think that you'll you'll start to sell? (laughs) I think I think that's the next logical step for me, Mayor. I really do because boy, am I good at buying. I had this like laundry hamper, and I moved to a new house recently, and it just where the hamper would go, I needed a smaller one. So the hamper is now in my studio with me, and what I've done is I, I'm using it as a when I got to get rid of something that's where it goes. It just goes into the hamper, deal with it later, but like it just like gets out of my actual apartment and and goes somewhere where it's not being thrown away. It lives, but it needs to be dealt with. And it's like, you know, a North Face jacket. Like, it's nice. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's just no longer something that I, I, I haven't put it on in like two years. It has to go, that sort of thing. These are These are items that are worth money to somebody. And so my, I I guess, coming back to goals and resolutions for the new year is I'm going to sell the stuff rather than just chuck it. Amazing. Never gets old. Listeners, if you haven't sold before, it's scary territory to wade into. If you go back and listen to our archive, I highlight how to do things on different sites, how to do them IRL. We will talk about them over and over again. But first things first, 
go through your closet. I find it's easier uh, instead of going through your stuff and, and picking out what to get rid of is to this is now I have to, you know, give credit where credit is due to the tiny tiny woman wonder that is Marie Kondo, but taking out all your clothing at once and picking up the stuff you can't live without. You know, I'm, I'm not I'm not necessarily saying it has to spark joy, but I think that Marie Kondoing is something I do all the time. And I actually think it's really fun and soothing. And I, I stand uh, our tiny queen. And but but you actually look at what remains. And if it's not stuff you picked up and you're like, oh, I love this so much. Then it's like, get it out the door. Start to sell. If you want to not do much, you know, heavy lifting, send it off to the real real print out that. Uh, you know, mailing label, one of my true joys and a Luddite quality of mine is that I have a printer. It's my favorite thing. I still think it's magic every time I send a Poshmark label from my cell phone to my printer and it starts printing. It's just magic. <laughs> but, you know, I've, I've major Luddite tendencies. Uh, and, and start to sell stuff. If you want to do more of the work and want more of the money, consider a Poshmark. If you want to support small business, that is another resolution or goal in 2020 I have a lot to say you know I'm I'm so happy that more people are buying secondhand and that this is just a multi-billion dollar industry but I do think it's important to support your local consignment store I grew up in those stores I've spent so many time so much time with their owners and pawing through things and developing those relationships that not only make me friends get me deals I get called when things come in early drop it off, learn this learn this world, and maybe start making, honestly, some money in 2020 on your clothes, not just, not just buying for less. Another 2020 it never gets old goal, honestly, buying used or buying sustainable fashion is really only half the battle. I really want you to know where your stuff is coming from, and I want you to know who's making it. I've thought a lot about labor practices uh, in 2019. There are a lot of conversations about the gig economy. There are a lot of conversations about Amazon. Um, but I think that we will only hopefully start to care more and more about who is putting our packaging together, who is making things. I know that I am going to try somewhat to curb my Amazon problem, but that is a huge part of the sustainable fashion chain. I really believe that. You know, it's funny, Mare, I now live in a place that's a little bit more remote than where I used to live, and so a lot of stuff just has to get delivered to me. But I am, you mentioned Luddite, I am a real holdout of certain online purchases until recently because I kind of had to. I like going to a local store. I like meeting the owner. I like talking to strangers. I like the fact that somebody goes there in the morning, unlocks the door, turns the lights on, and waits for customers to help them. I like that experience. And I, I, I never wanted to go away, even though we've, we've gone into such a new era of shopping, whether it's secondhand or new. I, I love that experience and I do believe that it should be supported. Totally. So think about also going to IRL, secondhand, vintage, consignment shops, getting to know those owners, telling them what you like. They can help you buy and sell. They can sell for you. First of all, that's that's the business model. Like you give them your clothing and then they give you money when it sells or they give you money on the spot. Um, ask that person to help you. I, you know, I if you ever want to shoot into the DMs at INGO Podcast or at Meredith Feynman, happy to give you more advice. But, you know, I think more than anything, you know, are the beginning of the secondhand roaring 20s is just about 
thinking about where your money is going, who you're giving your money to. And that was something I didn't think a lot about before. And, you know, there's a tremendous purchasing power in in people that shop, particularly women, but anyone that shops. And so really, really thinking about where your money is going and and doing so thoughtfully, I believe, is part of the sustainable fashion process. And I, I think... It, Along with that, a lot of brands will start to be more transparent. Shoppers are demanding it, whether it is better labor practices, better materials, more sustainable packaging, um, secondhand things, acknowledging what they're doing, treating everyone fairly and paying them fairly, uh, I think is a really, really important part of this whole close, what we, you know, they call the closed loop of fashion. Yeah, and as somebody, as I mentioned earlier in the show, as somebody who's very much an impulse buyer, uh, because uh, just I've always been that way. Being able to determine which brands are okay to be impulse buys, where, where all I really have to contend with is you know my own pocketbook and whether or not I can afford these things. But knowing that a brand has the same values as me and goes through the manufacturing process uh, or or the you know ingestion of other people's manufacturing processes in a way that aligns with my beliefs is really important. And if you can do that, then every every the whole experience is just so much more pleasant. Totally. Another huge resolution. It never gets old, listeners. I beg of you, please do not throw out clothing. So much clothing gets discarded and thrown out. It's one thing if it's unusable, horribly stained, horribly ripped, but you know, pass it along. Donating is so important, especially if they're coats or things when people are very cold, you know, whether it's Salvation Army, whether it is a local thrift store um, that sends the proceeds to varying organizations, please consider donating your clothing. Do not throw it out. If you can't handle it, send it to ThreadUp. They recycle things responsibly. It's very hard to recycle clothing properly. So if you can, honestly, just pass it along, even to just one person or to an organization, throw it in some trash bags and and give what you can. If you are looking to get rid of bras, my friend Dana Marlowe started I Support the Girls, which collects menstrual hygiene products and bras uh, for homeless women and I think as of recording this she's gathered maybe five million products uh, and donated them to women all over the world so you know this closed loop of fashion goes way beyond just the buying and selling and my final 2020 personal resolution is maybe to do some more due diligence when I buy secondhand skincare because as Sarah knows, all I do is now go to the dermatologist. We've mentioned that, that you had a little mishap with a new uh, skin cream that you hadn't used before and did not did not react well. And we couldn't really determine whether or not the fact that it was secondhand had anything to do with it, and it probably didn't. It was more the the ingredients that would have irritated you, whether new or used. But something to consider. Oh, totally, a hundred percent. Like, I mean, get stuff clean, secondhand skincare. This is more just like me yelling at myself that, like, please be careful of your skin. <laughs> Meredith Feynman, please be careful of your skin. I am now the queen of steroid creams. So I don't, you can't sell, don't sell secondhand medications, but um, I'm now, I'm now in, in medical grade um, eye creams. They're like really hard to get. You have to get a prescription for them. You can only get them if you fuck up your face. So <laughs> don't do what I did. Welcome to the, welcome to the twenties. 
yeah, like, you know, tell tell me what your resolutions are or your goals. You know, are you going to sell your stuff? Are you finally going to offload that dress you never wear? Uh, did you do a big donation? We want to see it. You can find us online at ingopodcast.com. There you'll find more about me, your host, Meredith Feynman, my producer, Sarah Lane, as well as links to social media, relevant reading, our email, hello at ingopodcast.com. We are on Instagram and Twitter at ingopodcast. Feel free to slide into the DMs. I've been seeing you tag us in some great outfits, you know, hitting, hitting us up with questions. I want to hear it all and we will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.